Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and uh, today it is Valentine's Day that I'm recording this intro. Um, February 14th, 2023. I am totally exhausted, I think, from um, <clears throat> catching this cold that I got over a week or so ago. And it's just kicking my ass. I cannot get motivated i can't get i can't seem to get much done tired all day makes me think i had COVID or something but i tested ne negative so i don't know but man it's really it's really got me down but here i am recording another podcast uh yeah, this week uh, we have a really great guest, a guy named Troy Hughes. You may know him from his YouTube channel. He does bass covers and has a bunch of monster masks in his background. Um, I first discovered him, I think, while trying to figure out some Rush songs on my bass. And he, he started out as a Rush bass channel, so he plays along with Rush songs. It's really awesome i'm a huge fan of the bass and um i just thought it was so funny that there's a guy making videos on youtube that uh w was playing songs that i liked kind of you know rush is semi-obscure they're not a super 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 popular band and um and he has a bunch of mon monster masks in the background i just thought what a you know, kind of everything I love in one, in one obscure video. And so anyway, I just got to know him on uh, Facebook after that. And I thought it'd be cool to have him on because he's a big horror collector and dark art collector and mass collector and an amazing bass player and a huge Rush fan. So all of you people that don't like Rush... Uh, I'm sorry to say there's going to be a lot of nerdy Rush talk. You know, you get me talking to another Rush fan and forget it. But all of you who who do like Rush, this might be a, uh, a special treat for you. I know a couple people out there in the Dark Art Society are Rush fans. <clears throat> um, so yeah, well, the, that's, that's coming up. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, what's been going on with me, I, I just um, been struggling to get things going. Still got to do a bunch of studies for my patrons because I miscounted them and I realized I owed about twice as many as I thought I did. So <laughs> now I got to do a bunch more studies. Um, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I did the uh, Skull Flower 2 painting which is a big version of my skull flower painting. I don't know if you've seen it on uh, 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 social media. It's a skull with a hibiscus, yellow hibiscus flower. <clears throat> I originally painted that uh, tw 12 by 12, I think, because I didn't have time to paint it as big as I wanted to for this group show. And then I got an opportunity for to show a piece at the Copro booth at the LA Art Fair that's happening this week. So I was able to make it 30 by 30 inches. And um, that came out really good. It was nice to paint it big the way I had originally envisioned it. <clears throat> and he sold it too, which is great. He sold it right away. Um, 
Other than that, got a, a Giger tribute show painting I got to get working on. You'll see that in future episodes in the background, no doubt. Another larger painting. And what else? Oh, I've got a sale going on in my web store right now. I've got these <clears throat> heartbroken minis. I finally got the painted heartbroken minis done. And I got some... If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see these. I got some weird custom glow colored ones too. So those are up at jetzar.bigcartel.com. If you want to check them out, I'll probably I'll have them up for a while. And... I think that's it. Oh, I might be getting, um, I don't want to jinx it, but I might be getting a new dog from the shelter tomorrow. We found a dog that I think we like. So if we do, I'll introduce her on the next episode. Um, <clears throat> I guess that's, that's it. Oh no, that's not it. Okay. Uh, for, for let's do the skull shop. Finally, we're going to do the skull shop drawing. This is going to be the last skull shop drawing. <clears throat> I think what we're going to do is uh, I'll have to talk to Kyle from the skull shop. And um, I think we're going to do something to where if you join the Patreon, you get a code for a discount code or something. But we had to stop um, doing the drawing. So this is the last one we're going to do. So uh, it's skullshop.com. S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com, and they make amazing skulls. Here's one now. There's a little kid skull I have. I love this skull. My daughter-in-law broke the tooth out, but it still works. still looks cool. Or daughter-in-law, now my granddaughter broke the tooth out. Um, anyway, they make amazing skulls. They're all cast from real skulls, and they're painted really well, and they look totally real. Anyway, so... <clears throat> I was saying, you know, for a while, it was like people who uh, joined at the $5 and above level on the Dark Art Society Patreon, which if you want to join at any level, you can join it for as little as a dollar a month. If you join the Patreon, you get your name read on the air every week. And this week we have Ruth Key, Angela Oster, and Ken Bolton. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Um... It's uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety. So we're going to do the drawing. These are people from the $5 and above level. So I'm mixing up the names here. And I'm going to pull out a name. And that person's going to get a skull from the skull shop. Okay. Chad Savage. Chad Savage. Are you listening, Chad? You win a free skull. I don't know if you could see that from Skull Shop. All right, we did it. Yay. Okay. Oops. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, if you want to join the uh, the Dark Art Society Patreon, patreon.com slash darkartsociety. If you want to join my Patreon, personal Patreon, patreon.com slash chetzar. And um, that's it. Let's get on with the interview. It's a super fun one. And here we go. I hope you enjoy it. What's up, Troy? Hello, Chet. 
Thank you so thank much. You for, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for considering me. Oh, of course. I'm such a fan of your channel. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, I was like, it was, <laughs> you know, I guess I'm selfishly having you on in a way because I was to to me it was like I saw your channel and I was like, okay, a guy playing bass, which I'm a huge bass fan, a guy playing Rush songs, which I'm a huge Rush fan, and he's got masks behind him. <laughs> it's like. Everything I love in one video, and it's such a weird combination of things that I was like, oh, this is like a channel that was made for me. So I find it really interesting. And I just thought, you know, it's related to this, you know, this dark art scene and, and, and horror and stuff like that because of the your your collector, uh, your horror collection and stuff. I just think it's really interesting. It's such a weird mix of things to, to have on a YouTube channel. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was a perfect storm. But, <laughs> you know, they, I couldn't have planned it. You know, yeah. If, if I tried, yeah, it seems or, it seems like it was an organic thing. I guess the way that it came about. Yeah, the whole the whole reason I started the channel was because I had reached a point where I wasn't playing anymore. I didn't enjoy it, mm. and I was gonna just put the bass away. No, no remorse or regrets or anything. It was just I, I'm just kind of finished with this part of my life. And I played, you know, for many years, mm -hmm. but I said, before I do that, I want to, um, I said, if there's one thing I can do fairly well that I can, you know, with some comp degree of confidence say, you know, I can do all right. It's play along with some rush songs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I, I grew up doing. Mm -hmm. So I said, just to create a record that I was here and played the bass, let me play along with, you know, five or six, my favorite rush songs and then this way uh, if i can find a way to get them up on youtube you know down the road i if i tell my nieces and nephews i played you know i can show them you know some proof right <laughs> and not have them just say sure sure yeah once i started doing it the, the kind of the love for it was reignited and and the only way I could record was with the mask in the background, the way the room is set up. Okay. I wound up with one of the more recognizable backdrops. So it wasn't, does it wasn't planned like, oh, this no, would be a cool. No. <laughs> it's so funny. No, no. Just, <laughs> That's what caught my attention, you know. A lot of people think it's, um, you know, green screen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it is, a, it's, it is an amazing collection. Um, I, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. There's a lot I want to, want to ask you yeah, about, yeah. but that's so cool. I think that's so interesting that, um, it reignited your love of bass playing. It's like, who'd, who'd have thunk that, that, that. And that was 13 years ago. Right. So yeah. If, if it all ended tomorrow, I squeezed another 13 years out of something I love doing for right. part of my life, you know, how, how many videos are on that on your channel? Do you know? I was actually, because the last time uh, I did something like this, I didn't have any. There's uh, so many. It's like, that. I went through and I was going to count them. Like, there's too well, many. <laughs> it all started off. Everything, the first, you know, really 80 videos I did were just rush. Nothing but right. rush. <laughs> once, I, once I hit 25, I said, oh, I'll, let me shoot for 50, then 75. <laughs> so just of, of rush covers, there were, I've got 163. Wow. Now, 30 of those are redos. Because I kind of found a better way to record myself, right, which is right. extremely primitive compared to you know, because I play live right into the camera, so there's no editing. Mm, yeah, so where, you know, whatever happens happens. 
so I did about 135 just, you know, original, you know, Rush, Rush songs. And then um, everything else is in another um, playlist. And there's like 450 other videos. Wow. Everything. Um, it's one thing to challenge. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's it's something. <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, you know, as a, I started out as a guitar player and, uh, I really, I only started playing guitar. I was never like a fan of guitar players, uh, necessarily. I was a fan of music, but, um, I wanted to be, I wanted to start writing music. And so Mm -hmm. my brother played guitar. So he had like a, 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 a guitar around and he maybe taught me a chord or two. And so I just learned guitar uh, because I wanted to write music. And so I ended up being starting bands and stuff like that. Now, uh, but I was always fans of bass players. I, I, it's like, like I always loved the bass. I just never, it just didn't occur to me, like, you could just write music on a bass. I just thought, oh, write music, guitar, you know, it just didn't really occur to me. Right. I'm the guitar player. I'm going to tell the bass player what to do. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, I, but ba- you know, the bands I liked were bass heavy, you know, like um, The Who and Rush, of course. Um, I was always fans of uh, a fan of interesting bass lines. Mm-hmm. I just find it. I don't know. I just love it. I love the feel of the instrument. I love the sound of the instrument. And, oh, and uh, the Minutemen was a big one, which are... Um, I don't know if you've ever heard Mike Watt. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, the name sounded familiar. Mike Watt, I've definitely heard. He's done a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. He plays basses. He's like came out of the punk music scene in the '80s, and he started the the Minutemen, which are uh, you have to listen to some Minutemen because it's not punk. It's it's how, it's from that scene, but they're playing like funk and uh, jazz influenced, really unusual creative music, and they're all like it, the bass is the lead instrument and if more often than not the, the guitar supports uh the bass really it's interesting it's like the, the guitar is more of a rhythm instrument and the bass is kind of the lead instrument it's a three-piece really great drummer too i'll check it out yeah i'll send you i'll send i'll tell you after there's an album called double nickels on the dime and it's on it's i'm sure it's on youtube and that's kind of like their their white album. It's like a double album. It's just, every song's amazing. It's really good. So anyway, his name, his name gets brought up a lot. Yeah. And, uh, he's like bass. He's all about bass. He's like, he was a bass champion, you know, since the eighties, he's, he's just not a guitar player. He's a bass player. And he's a, he's like a blue collar guy. He's he, he, they still load in their equipment themselves. It shows they, they do it all themselves. They drive around in a van when they tour. It's like, it's really, I love, I love yeah, yeah it's super super cool so um yeah so that was a big one too uh the Minuteman and Firehose was another band that um came out of after the guitar player for the Minuteman died in a car accident they started Firehose another you know uh guitar rhythm guitar lead bass band similar to the Minuteman but uh less punky I suppose but just amazing music and he composed almost most of the music all on the bass, you know. Um, anyway, I know. I know. He recently has his own signature bass that's been put out. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that was the the Reverend Watt. 
Watt plow. Watt, watt plower. Yeah. I want to get one so bad. It's like, I, I only, um, I only have like a cheap Ibanez cheap base because I didn't really even start playing. Um, and you know, maybe, you know, don't, don't even say a cheap Ibanez, you know, <laughs> it was like 200 bucks on, or 150 I bucks. I've got, I've got a $200 Ibanez base. And I've got I could like thirty bases. Yeah, you know? I know. I was going to ask you about that. And it's a two hundred dollar base. It's and I love it. It sounds as you know. I had a four thousand dollar that was cheap for a Fodera, mm. and I got and I I love the you know the, I love the base. I love it so much that the, the uh, neck twisted on me, and I had my guy <laughs> put. <laughs> Pull the neck, replant it. Wow. And put, because we throw, I have the most expensive Ibanez Talman in the world. It, it cost me 350 bucks just to fix the neck on it. More than the base cost. More than the base. But, you know, money, you know, the, the cost of something does not always, yeah. you know, designate how, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. When, when you get a, when you get an instrument you love, you want to, yeah. you got to keep it alive. Um, yeah, that if you uh, uh, if you listen to this podcast, the song, the intro song I wrote, and that's played on that cheap Ibanez bass I got. Okay. Um, but anyway, I didn't really pick up the bass. I always I dabbled here and there, but uh, I was just a fan. And then I don't know, maybe maybe it was longer than five or six years ago. Now that I'm thinking about it, because you know how time is when you get our age. It's like time is meaningless. I I can't tell if something's ten years or two years. <laughs> <laughs> but I just <clears throat> randomly was like, I'm going to buy a bass and I started playing it. And, and it's, and I had already been like a huge bass fan. Like I said, since I was a kid and just playing, it was like, Oh, I love it. I should have picked up a bass in the first place. It's like, I love it more than guitar playing really. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I, because I'm a guitar player, I'm, I play with a pick. I tend to play with a pick. I'm not as good with my fingers, but, um, uh, I just love it. It's such a powerful instrument and you can do so much with it. Just I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. To put a finer point on what I was saying, what I've discovered from collecting bases and stuff is I've had all the bases I've in the last five or six years that I ever wanted to have that I've had before and loved and the things I've just always wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, what I've discovered or what, well, is that it doesn't matter how much a bass costs or where it was made or, or what as to wh whether it's a great instrument or not, mm -hmm. you know, as long as it, as long as it, you know, does what you want it to do and need it to do. Right. It's a great, it's a great instrument, you know? Yeah. You hear a lot of bands, uh, you know, especially like the old English bands buying these cheap, super cheap guitars and you know yeah, writing, writing their first songs on them or record even recording with these cheap guitars it's like whatever works you know yeah, it's, it's just a, just a tool yep so uh okay so where did tell me a little about your background like where did you grow up and and how did you get interested in music bass playing and and horror I was, and all that I stuff was, i was born in nyack new york Ny exactly like upstate new york that's that's Rockland County. So that's about 30 minutes outside of the city. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. 30, 30 minutes north of uh, Manhattan. Where I live now is about an hour north. I live a little further north. Okay. Um, 
Uh, that was it. My my parents split up r- r- when I was really young. Mm-hmm. So I was raised by my mother. Mm-hmm. And she raised my, I had an older sister, mm-hmm. year older than me, and a younger sister. It was like five years younger. And back then, you know, there was no, I don't know what you, well, I don't know if you want me to get micro or macro. But anyway, it was a, we, had a, we didn't grow up with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no support. You know, it was a my mother, a single mother, raising three kids. Yeah. So it was it was a rough time. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much my situation until my stepdad came along, but he was a um, a painter, so <laughs> it was still hard times even after he came along. <laughs> but uh, I, I I I was I was kind of born melancholy. I was born a little just. You know, just kind of a, I was, uh, I don't want to say sad, mm. you know, but I was always, uh, always worried about something. Mm. Even, you know, my earliest remembers are, my earliest memories are of worrying about something. Interesting. But I, always, I was always, always loved monsters and horror. It was creature feature. Yeah. You know, on a, was it Friday nights? Or no, Chiller Chilla Theater. Yeah. You, Friday you, on the East Coast, you, you guys had a different, uh, I think Saturday morning was a uh, creature feature. Right. You know, and then the four thirty, the four o'clock movie, mm-hmm. you know, during the week, you know, uh, I don't know what it was about it, but I, I, I don't know. I always had great empathy for a lot of the monsters. Right. Me too. That's if they a- were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're the outcasts. They're like the outcasts. Outcast. Nobody likes them. It's like, you can relate to them in that way. Even now with sports, I, I don't, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know who's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, same here. I've no really idea. ever watched watch anything, but <laughs> I'm always rooting for the team that's losing. Right. So that even, even if yeah. I have to switch sides, you know. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I'm sure your 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 story is kind of mirroring my own in so many ways. It's like I think when you grow up in a situation where you are the underdog, you you have appreciation for other underdogs when you when you see that you 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 have empathy for them you know that could be it for some reason uh you know i i looked up your bio i i looked it up when we we first became acquainted on social media mm-hmm. and this guy's the real deal this you know <laughs> that big shit so um i just assumed you you know forgive me for uh jumping to conclusions that you grew up in some affluence because you oh, no. were, was an artist. No, no, no. He was a, he was a working artist. Um, and I grew up in San Pedro, which is like a, a blue collar, uh, 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 longshoring, longshoreman town. That's what everyone who was in Pedro, San Pedro was a longshoreman. Basically <laughs> that was the job you got there. And, um, rough work yeah yeah it's 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 it was you know it's they're they're blue collar (laughs) very very blue collar working class and um yeah and my stepdad really never made a lot of money you know when he died uh they had no money you know but he was but but he was painting every day which is what he loved it was never about the money for him um so yeah so i i got to that's kind of why i didn't start painting until i was thir- 30 in my 30s that's why i switched careers out of i decided to switch careers because i watched growing up we were just always broke because my dad was a painter and um and it was you know 
feast, feast or famine and you mostly famine. <laughs> so, so I just didn't even see it as a viable career option, but effects I was, you know, super into, uh, from like age 12 and, uh, and that seemed like, okay, I, I was into it. I would have done it whether it was a good career choice or not financially, but it ended up being like, you know, you could make decent money in effects. Yeah. So I just yeah. went right into that. Um, so yeah, I guess the, uh, the horror, I, I, I think that part of the, the attraction to horror is, um, maybe comes from being a worry, a warrior, you know, cause I was a war, I'm still kind of a warrior. I'm always working on not worrying. <laughs> Um, just wait, wait, just to clarify, a warrior, me, not a warrior. Yeah, no, no, no. Not, oh, yeah, <laughs> not <right>. a warrior. <laughs> I want to make sure you're talking about the same. Yeah, it to, I'm a worrying warrior. Yeah. <laughs> a warrior, warrior, warrior. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I've, you know, I, I, I wonder, I, I always, I feel like horror movies maybe um, are a way of, externalizing our worries and projecting them on it's like on some psychological level like making them uh making making them feel like you have some sort of control over it it could be because i always it's it's kind of becoming a, a recurring theme in my life is it i felt um at home watching them right me too which it is was, so weird it was right where it was right where <laughs> i needed to be right what i needed to see and experience and i was out of my head right out right of my own head yeah, during that time. yeah yeah that's true that's a good point and that's what i you know that's what my music does for me mhm mm what i do with music and um you know that's what my interest in horror does for me too you know when did you start getting interested in music in the, in middle school which mm -hmm. for us was you know um, sixth through eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I think in seventh grade, uh, they you had had to take music and the orchestra teacher. I didn't, didn't have any interest in blowing into anything. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the, the orchestra teacher, uh, you know, was any you know would get up and demo each instrument, and uh, he brought out the upright bass and he played the Andy Griffith theme. And whistled along with it. With, um, maybe you can edit a little, yeah. But um, he, when he, he, everyone wanted to play the violin, everyone raised their hand for the cello, and he goes, "Anyone, all right, upright bass." Nobody, nobody raised their hand. I looked around the room. I said, "All right, well, that's for me." I thought, yeah, I thought you had to do it. I thought it was mandatory. Uh -huh. I was just waiting to the end because you know. That's so I didn't funny. Want to be, I didn't want to be doing what anyone else was right. doing. Right. No, I just wanted to be, you know, give me so much. <laughs> just want to be left alone with your just own little instrument. Alone. <laughs> so no one else raised their hand for the upright bass. So that's so funny. I, uh, I took that up, and then within a year, I discovered Kiss. Oh yeah, and yep. Same, same. Kiss. It had nothing to do with. It was Gene Simmons mm -hmm. yeah, and the horror, the horror imagery. Yep, spitting blood. Yeah, you know, who that. wouldn't, you know, love a pair of boots like that? Yeah, <laughs> and, and bat wings, and <laughs> and I didn't even know. I said, "Well, I'm going to play what he's playing." Oh wow! What, what oh, that's so funny! Wow, interesting. Electric bass. He's got some, you know, some of that. Uh, there are some 
really cool bass lines in some old Kiss songs. They're, they're you know, it's not. I've done a number of Kiss covers, and I just did three uh, like uh, two weeks ago, and it's say it's just so much fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can say what there's a lot of bad things I could say about Gene Simmons, right? <laughs> but because you know he's just an easy target, but I won't. Yep. He, he he did what he wanted to do, and he's you know. Yeah, <laughs> I was just I I look I, I I got into Kiss when I was like nine years old. And you know, when you get into Kiss, I'm trying to think how old uh, was I in? Uh, no, probably yeah, tenish, I guess. Yeah, great. Is that how? Old? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was nine. I yeah, was probably yeah. six, seventy, six, seventy-seven, something like that. All right, seventy-two. Yeah, because yeah, I, I had an old, older brother and an older sister, so so I would hear that stuff from them. I got to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been 77. My, I, was, I know it was the bicentennial. In oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. the bicentennial. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those fl flags. You thought, you know, saw a lot of flags after 9 11. Oh, my God. So 76 was the 200, uh, you know, the bicentennial. So yeah. I was, that was sixth grade. So seventh grade would have been 77. So 64, uh, 74. Was that right? Yeah, I so think I would, I would have been more like twelve or thirteen then. Oh, okay. Dang. No, no, couldn't have been. Yeah, anyway, I don't I was know. Probably, I was probably eleven or twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So anyway, yeah, I got. I was totally a Kiss fan. Totally into it. Same thing. Uh, Gene Simmons was, was he, he would talk about Lon Chaney in interviews. He had those boots. Yeah. Yeah, the scorpion or something, or a tarantula in a glass. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The spitting blood, spitting fire, the makeup. It's like he was the coolest looking one of all of them, for sure. I mean, you can't, I don't think anyone could deny he was the coolest looking one. But um, so I would like, you know, look in Circus, remember Circus Magazine and, yeah, and yeah. Cream? And it's like I would read these mag these music magazines and uh, they, he just looked so scary and cool. And, um, and then I got older, and then I got into Prague and, you know, more sophisticated music. And so then I was like, ah, oh, Kiss was so bad, blah, blah. I, like, totally just went, I just f completely turned on Kiss. And then as an adult, I, I was able to go back and go like, man, there's they had some really great just rock songs. And uh, looking, uh, listening to specifically to his bass playing, I was like, there's some really great bass lines, really, really tasty bass lines on, on some Kiss songs. And I was like, man, that, you know, that was pretty I good. Agree. There was I some agree. good stuff. I just did, a, I just did Cold Gin, mm -hmm. uh, Deuce. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I Want I want You. Excellent. Yeah, I have to watch those. <laughs> oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't uploaded them. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. But uh, again, a lot, of, a lot of fun. I didn't, um, I... Once I started playing, I didn't know Kiss was one of the first bands to tune down a half step. Oh, really? Know, yeah, I had I didn't no know, idea. Well, I don't know about the first bands, but they did tune down a half step. Right. And I'm, I learned by ear, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to. I was like, "How is this possible? You can't do it." You know, I'm trying to. I'm, and uh, it just got frustrating. And then uh, probably Kiss was, you know, by the time I got to high school, I heard Black Sabbath. Right. And then same thing. I you know, I wouldn't say I turned on Kiss, 
but I, I definitely stepped away from them quickly. Right. Because <laughs> uh, Black Sabbath had everything I was looking for, too. The horror imagery. Yeah, yeah. And and just the, you know, and they it, just sounded evil. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think they, t- didn't they tune down half a step they or a whole down. step or something? Cause, uh, cause of, yeah, uh, that's on some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some so, stuff is in concert pitch, other stuff, no. But back when I was trying to learn Kiss stuff, you know, I didn't know you could retune an instrument. I right. just thought, I, I thought you'd break it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, you, you know, speaking of tuning and, and Mike Watt also, there's a, oh, there's a great doc you have to watch, documentary about the Minuteman called uh, We Jam Econo. I'll send you a link. But um, uh, he he's talking about, or I think it's Flea is talking about Mike Watt telling him a story okay. about when he started playing, he started playing the bass because I guess his mom wanted to keep him and his friend, the guitar player, out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And so... um he got stuck with the bass because his mom, this is the guitar player's mom's like, here, you play the bass. And uh, they were so young, they didn't know about tuning. They just thought some uh-huh. people, some people like the strings tight and some people like yeah. them loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we could have been friends. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So innocent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, uh, let's see. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I also got into Sabbath um, with uh, uh, I think it was uh, the Master Master yep, uh, Master of Reality album. Yes, or um, we sold our souls for rock and roll was my big one. I think okay. that was a, that was a compilation. Okay, I think. Yeah, I remember one of the first bands we ever put together in high school. Uh, we show up at this guy's house. His name was Jim Goodman. And we, me and my other friend, we, I got hair by, you know, first year of high school down in the middle of my back. And, uh, we show up at his house to meet him and his mother's like, no, he's at a religion now, religion class. <laughs> and we're sitting there holding, you know, stack of <laughs> Black Sabbath out. She just, she just looked at us and like, oh man, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell him you stop by though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they were scary at the time. I remember, like, I remember seeing that. Um, I, I'm not sure what album it is with the the, the person on the bed with that kind of demon. Yeah, yeah, that was like, was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like such a great um painting and scary and creepy and uh, yeah, you know, that was that was that was super cool. I remember, you know, funny little total non sequitur, but I remember listening to Sweet Leaf for the first time. Mm-hmm. And there was a, it was on a cassette tape and there was some damage to the tape. And so there was a sound that was like, went before the coughing came in, it sounded like, like a speedboat or a lawnmower or something. And then coughing. And for like, you know, that, that year until I heard it on the radio, I thought that was part of the song, like the speedboat sound. Makes no sense, but it just seemed like ah, oh, cool. <laughs> and we didn't even know it was about weed or anything at the time, because because we were like you know yeah. again ten, eleven years old probably. Um, yeah. So funny. We just thought the cough was like funny and cool. We didn't know. Yeah. It was... <laughs> oh man, the good old days. Uh, yeah. So 
Okay, so where did the uh, when when did Rush come into the picture? I was starting playing, and shortly after Black Sabbath came Rush. A friend of mine belonged to a. I I hope your a lot of your listeners are above a certain age because otherwise <laughs> they're going to be, a lot of a lot of them are, are not going to know what the hell we're talking right, about. You belong to a okay. this thing they call a record club. <laughs> 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 he, he sent away for a mahogany rush. Oh yeah, Pat Martino and mahogany rush, and they sent him all the world to stage, which was uh, the live album by Rush. Right. Yep. That was one by one mistake. Yeah. And he listened. He's like, listen to this shit. And we're yeah. First, we're laughing. We're like, oh my god, listen to that guy's voice. But then you know, <laughs> after a few minutes, we're like, holy, sh-, you know, listen to what they're they're doing. Right. And that. It. That was probably 1980. Mm-hmm. The first live sh- concert I ever went to was Rush on their Permanent Waves tour at a Nassau. Oh, really? Yeah, Long Island. Oh, how cool! Your concert looking. I've ever seen. And it's one of those things. How many things in your life are that constant? So from 1980 something till when did they stop? 2015. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. I was, I was with them, you know. And another thing about Rush back then, it was a, uh, it was a weirdo club, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. They were the. They were the band everyone kind of loved to hate. Yeah. I'll, and only... the last couple of years, forget about it. You I know. know. People, oh, I love Rush. Oh, you know. I know. You're like, yeah, you should have been been around, you know, a decade. That's why it was. It was so uh, validating. They were underdogs. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and it was so validating to see them get that documentary made finally yeah. because it was like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. They were a great, great band. All they you people that gave hearts. me shit they, over the years were wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like uh, it was. It really was like it it, it 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 validated myself in a way. Like, see, I knew I knew they were a great band because <laughs> yeah. no, because you didn't get any support from from anywhere other than other rush fans that they were no, a good band you know they, you know the right really the felt critics like, were not into them like you you backed the right horse right on that. <laughs> they, they just stood their ground they did exactly what they wanted to yeah. do yeah yeah you know there were no matinee idols in the band right <laughs> it was all it was all about you know they never any drama never right. any yeah you know, yeah no bullshit it's like uh um yeah, no, not they weren't like a party partying dudes. No. It was I. I mean, I grew up feeling like those that kind of person. Like I wasn't into partying. It's like I was. I just thought all that stuff was kind of stupid and and uh, I don't know. They just seemed like smart, kind of you know, smarter than average. And uh, that, but that's what kind of got me into Prague because I because in high school. I really started because I was I was like a big ACDC fan. Also, I still like ACDC a lot. But uh, after you know, in that era, I was like uh, ACDC. I got really into Devo too, which is super another amazing band. Getty Lee's a Devo fan, by the way. I would have I would have loved to have seen them. <laughs> yeah, I, a few years ago, I saw them. My brother took me. I was it was 1979, 80. <laughs> uh new year's eve He's a great great bass player yeah, yeah right yeah he is yeah exactly and super underrated <clears throat> as well um but but uh once i got into rush it was from the spirit of radio i heard a friend of mine in seventh grade played it for me and i was like 
oh my god that's so great and then i just got totally into them and that sort of set me in in a prog direction because same here same here i would it, then it was rush yes yes yeah jethro tull yeah and you know john luke ponty alda miola like kind of you know right. jazz, jazz stuff yeah. and that's the stuff i was playing when i was you know trying to play when i was 15 years old 16 years old in you know I can't, I'm sure my mother was delighted when uh, she started hearing that come out from under my bedroom, <laughs> uh, you know, as opposed to Black Sabbath, you know. Right, Satan. yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard Satan mentioned once <laughs> in any of this new music. Yeah. That's funny. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I see, I went down a prog path and. And I started, I, I, I couldn't, it's like, I was, I got, I liked yes, but I didn't like them. Like I liked rush. It's like rush always I, had like catchier songs that I could easily, easily that just yeah. felt, felt more listenable. Um, and, uh, I, I was, I felt like I was really searching in Prague for bands to like as much as rush. And it's like, I, you know, I was, I was look UK, that band UK Marillion. Remember Marillion, which is like a super yeah, weird, but, obscure yeah. band. I just I, know them from primarily Kaylee, you know, the big just hit. Oh, yeah, 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 right. But they were a prog band, yeah, you know? They were a prog band, yeah. I, I don't, don't know much of their catalog. Yeah, it's not that good. That's why. No? <laughs> well, I, I know that's, some people who are rabid fans, you know? Well, okay, I shouldn't say it's 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 not good. It, it wasn't giving me what I was getting from Rush. And but not no pro no other prog band really did and and so no Rush had the, the, the hard rock element where they could rock mm -hmm. and then also get extremely complex and yeah but it was Rush was everything the, the bass was great they, yep. they were all great the lyrics were very yeah. great something to think about amazing the melodies were great yeah the music was you know it could be simple at times and very complex at other times um, yes always was trying to you know, to me sound overly complicated. Right. Right. Yeah. And nothing against them. You know, yeah. They, they, no, they're, they're a great, they're a great band. Great it's song. just that like a lot of the prog bands went more like classical influenced mm -hmm. and it sounded yeah. like, you know, chamber music with, by a was, rock band. Gonna, and it's like, I, was I just say, wasn't yeah. really into that. It just didn't grab me. Like Rush mm -hmm. had a rock bass, you know, that was their, their bass was, you know, rock music. Right. blues based kind of but but um you know they weren't like other prog bands in that way like a lot most of the prog bands were very like you know all about like you're saying being kind of overly complex for its own sake mm -hmm. you know and it seemed like rush could do uh it was like songwriting first but then they would all be jamming and, and right. playing intricate stuff but the song sounded good still and listenable and catchy if that makes yeah. sense and and they you know they they evolved, not evolved they you know they changed mm -hmm. over over years and everyone has their different their favorite periods. Yeah, what's your favorite period of Rush? My favorite period is the uh, which is probably not a, a very popular period, but the the Power Windows. Oh wow, interesting. That's my favorite album only because just what he was playing. Yeah, no, it's it's I love. It's, it was just sonically, it was just such a great sound. You could hear right through the mix. You could hear. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I, 
I love that album. That's what, definitely one of my favorite albums. I love the Hold Your Fire album too, which like nobody likes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not I mean, like that... there's not as many. Not all the songs right. are great, but the songs that are good are really amazing. You right, know, right. And, and there's some really good like deep cuts. Like, uh, uh, what's the Prime Mover is my favorite song of that album. Which one? That, uh, anything can happen. Oh yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. That's that's that baseline in that is. Amazing oh, yeah. is so I've done, amazing. I, I try not to repeat myself on my channel of songs I've done, but I've done three different covers of that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's just, some songs just give me such such joy to play, and that that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Big Money's amazing. Big Money yeah. is such an amazing. It's just there's so much, so many good songs on that album. Um, yeah, but they were firing on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, lyrically melodically you know what you know what they were playing it was with the production was great mm -hmm. yeah it's and uh uh i re I, I recently found a neil peart video of him doing like a drum clinic i don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen it it's outdoors and he's like teaching ouch oh i just hit my elbow okay yeah i just hit my elbow and a screw <laughs> sticking out of my uh, <laughs> uh um uh he, he's doing like a drum clinic and he's talking about all the triggers he was using mm -hmm. and he's playing these triggers and it's like, he's, he's triggering. Uh, I always thought they were like, like sequenced or something and, and lined up to a click track, but it's like, no, he, he was, he's hitting these samples like, uh, you know, in the big money, there's that, uh, there's this guitar riff in the beginning yeah, there, there's like there's a and it's not even it's it's a it's a sample of alex playing guitar being triggered so he's like triggering these things in real time it's not like hooked up to yeah. a sequence and i was like damn they're back then they were doing that it was kind of amazing i had no idea yeah yeah they super they advanced had a lot going on yeah technologically okay that's enough i gotta say one more <laughs> thing about rush i know people yeah. are like you know it is people some people hate rush and so it's like they're gonna be yeah. like oh, this part is terrible but you know if you hate rush you should you should watch i would say anyone that hates rush watch the documentary beyond the lighted stage and listen to moving pictures and if you still hate rush okay you're never gonna like them but moving pictures i think is the most accessible album and it really is uh you know yep. I, great album not not my favorite i like permanent waves yeah, permanent. Yeah, permanent ways is great. I I just feel like you know from a. I don't know. I th I think moving pictures is their best album as a piece. Not necessarily my favorite album, but it's like, it's just kind of perfect from beginning to end. There are. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's it. The production is so. Yeah, amazing on that album. But my last thing on Rush is I I just feel. I don't use the word blessed a lot, but I'm grateful to have been able to see him every, at least once every tour. Oh, you did really, waves, you know, to the end. Oh my God. That's so cool. You know, that, yeah. That, you know, and I've seen some, you know, I've seen him play some clunkers. Yeah. Sound wise, never performance wise. Right. I've heard some crappy sounding shows, but, uh, that's amazing to see them every great, tour. Great, I, ride, great ride to go on. Yeah. I saw them on, uh, and to see the crowds grow and right. the number of women start attending. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, it's it's insane how things have changed. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, I saw them on the Signals tour. And then... Uh, I think... I only... I don't remember if I saw them. I was not like a big... I, I went to... Uh, I used to go to concerts, but not like... I was never like every tour kind of guy. Um, but uh, I saw them on the Signals tour. And um, I saw... I. I think I may have seen them again, but maybe I didn't. But I saw them on the Clockwork Angels tour where they had the orchestra. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, so. you, you may have to scrape this part a little bit. Nah, no, nah, it's all good. <laughs> there's gonna, You know what? For all the people that are not into Rush, there's going to be some Rush fans that are like, yes. <laughs> uh, so we're doing it for them. Um, no, nah, it's interesting. It's 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 good conversation. Uh, so okay, let's get into a little more uh, uh, towards the the horror stuff. Uh, when did you start? How, how many masks do you have for one thing? Because that looks like a pretty big collection. I don't know. I you know um once in a while I'll count and then I forget. I think it's maybe like close to fifty up here, forty eight or something. Mm -hmm. I've got a you know I've got a bunch in the basement too uh, yeah <laughs> so you're a and i've got i've got one or two that i bought like a year or two ago and haven't even opened yet oh really <laughs> still on the shipping cart i'm like where am i gonna put them <laughs> so but, you're, you're a collector you're a collector, collector. For sure. well most of these are from death studios mm -hmm. which uh, yeah jeff time he's kind of like a one-man show out of in laporte indiana mm -hmm. and um I, I used to do these Halloween displays and uh, uh, used to get these masks. Uh, there used to be this thing called the Halloween outlet. I think mm -hmm. they had a huge catalog. You had to buy the catalog. It was like a phone book. You know, they, they right. sold this stuff. They sold math, but it was the old bait and switch. You know, everything looked great in the catalog. Yeah. And yeah. When you got it, it just crumbled up, you know, <laughs> and I, I don't know how I found, uh, death studio stuff but i saw it online i was like wow that looks good mm. and uh, got one and it, it was you know first it was better in person than i looked on the website so i've been buying from him for probably like 25 years wow. the first mask i got was the uh salem's lot vampire oh um, yeah that's a great one that's one of my favorite you know characters yeah that's and, great uh, i did that was one of the when i was getting into yes, make, yes. makeup i did i did a i did a Oh, so I think you have a one of your um, prints, or a print of one of your. Paintings. Oh yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. I did, I did, I did paint that a little little painting of that. But but when I was a kid, I was gonna say I did a makeup when I was first learning prosthetics and foam, uh -huh. foam latex and all that molds, and I did a makeup of my friend where I put a bald cap on him, and and uh, it's so funny because look, <laughs> looking back, he's just he's blue, like blue blue man group <laughs> blue. Yeah. Maybe they <laughs> I made him way too blue. It's pretty <laughs> funny that I that you know I just didn't have the eye back then for it. Um, other than that, it was pretty good. The sculpt was pretty good. The application was good, but he was like totally blue. The teeth are pretty good too. But yeah, that's a uh, uh, that's actually a really cool movie. There's but, a few other masks, but what I used to do is my wife and I used to put on a, a Halloween display at a condo we lived in. Mm -hmm. We had an upstairs unit with like an open porch. And um, I'd put a figure out or two. And, and I used to make uh, full-scale figures for the masks. Mm -hmm. 
were because the masks were a little oversized. The figures had to be a little oversized. Oh, it started cool. out with just chicken wire, and first year I put you know just a you know chicken wire figure out with a mask on it and a bale of hay, and like had a little pan with hot water and some dry ice. I'd go. Oh, out. cool! That's it was so a fun. Love that. And, um, the, the the kids and the parents loved it because you know it's a again a big complex and the parents had something to look at the kids liked it and each year the display got bigger and bigger mm -hmm. <laughs> and after a couple of years we were getting like three hundred you know three hundred kids trick or treaters and people would come back wow. year after year and the display got bigger and bigger and it was a condo and they had um you know those rules you can't put a potted plant out or right yeah but after a couple of years i was enclosing the entire porch with these panels and had <laughs> a camouflage net hung outside so cool. it was and and it just got out of control <laughs> my wife finally said um you know listen you can't be doing all this work for one night we're gonna have a party yeah oh, no. Fuck. I don't want to, you know, I never had a birthday party when I was a kid. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I never had a birthday party when I was a kid because I didn't think anyone would come. Like, if I don't have it, I, I would be disappointed. I'm not going to have a Halloween, you know, like, no, we're going to have a party. And we did. And we had a Halloween party for like over eight, we had 16 parties over 18 years. Wow. And they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so did my displays. So, um, yeah, so the, the masks, a lot of them, I had figures built for them. And then when we were in the condo, when we were done, we had a storage unit. We just were stored. Oh, all yeah, I imagine. Then when we built the house, um, I didn't build. We had it built. He <laughs> <I had nothing laughs> um, said, well, I don't need closets in here. You know, let's find a place to put the masks out, you know, full time. Because to me, they're, they're art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because go ahead. No, you've got it's. It's just funny that you've got you know, I know people that made some of the stuff that you have in your collection. You know, like Jordu's masks, and I and I see Jordan. those those paint those prints behind you are. Um, you, tell me who they are because when I, I I matted those myself uh, and I covered his name. I think those we, are. We used to go to these chiller theater shows, right, and we used to go there just for these. It's great homegrown stuff. That right. One of a kind stuff. Yeah. One yeah. Of a kind store. And that those prints were one, you know. I think those are Daniel Horn. Aren't those Daniel? That, sound, that rings. That, that sounds. I think the, those are. Those are. I, I actually, I want to get him on the podcast because he's really a great painter. And um, yeah, I see him at, when I do Monster Palooza. I haven't done it since COVID, but uh, that we have Monster Palooza out here, which is like the big con horror convention. Yeah. I know they had a Masca Palooza too. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> it, it's part of monster. Part of a monster. Oh okay, right. It was right. like within. It. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just that. That's that's uh, um, another reason I felt I don't know some sort of kinship with with you is like I saw when you were giving one of your videos, you're giving a tour of your collection, and I'm like, oh, he's not just a mask collector. No, it's no. like you guys, you collect all kinds of horror halloween related things you know yeah and i reckon i recognized a lot of the pieces in your collection like oh i know who did that i know who did that it's so it's some, yeah some of the stuff is you know we i try and stay away from mass-produced right stuff. yeah like the uh 
the two guys in the back, those cinema secret busts. Mm-hmm. There's a, I think you, you can see the, uh, the Lon Chaney, the opera. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. opera yeah. There's a Frankenstein one, but I mean, those were for the, for what they, I think they were like 75 bucks. Or yeah. Bucks. I remember the quality on those things is great. They're, they're just slightly undersized and they were, you know, yeah, they're great. Really good. But uh, I, I think for Death Studios, what you you know what you get out of him is for the money is just just great, you know. Yeah, I like his sculpts. I like his paint, and you know, they don't come to you like crumpled up, like uh... no, no, <laughs> so thick. But they do have a shelf life, though. You know, I've had a couple. You know, they they dry out. Yeah, I've you... got masks that are twenty five years old that are in perfect shape. Wow, like kind of newer masks that go, but you know the only way to keep them forever would be to put them in plastic bags and mm -hmm. you know, put them in a box somewhere. But who wants to do that? You know? Did you know that I, uh, I started a mask company in the early nineties? No, I didn't. No, I did not know that. Yeah. The, uh, it was called the Alterian ghost factory. And I've heard it, the name though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me, it was my boss. I was working cause we were, I, w I was working for Tony Gardner at Alterian studios that we did like, Dark Man. Um, I started working with him on the Blob remake. We did Dark Man, the movie effects, you know, like with, uh, with Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. I played his. Oh, I, I saw that in the bio. That's um, that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Oh yeah, me me too. It's so cool. It's like one of the first successful comic book style movies. Yeah. You know, and Sam Raimi's crazy. And the fact that yeah, crazy well, style. I'm glad you brought Sam Raimi up. I, just guys like that who started off from these kind of meager kind I know. of so cool, you know, beginnings who risen to the stature they are that they they've attained. You know, Sam yeah, it's Raimi amazing. And uh, uh, Guillermo. Ah, uh, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. <clears throat> yep. Oh, and Peter Jackson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bad taste and I'm dead alive. Dead alive. <laughs> It's so funny right. to think the guy who made Dead Alive made, you know, Lord of the Rings because <laughs> it's like the most crazy, insane, violent movie ever made. <laughs> but he's got range. That Beatles, yeah. that Beatles doc documentary he did was awesome too. That that just came out. Or, I haven't seen. I I gotta see get get back or whatever the one where it's it's all. I've heard it's very well done. Oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah, it seems like it would just be boring, and but it's so interesting. I found it interesting anyway. Um. So, so um, I interrupt you. You had the mask company. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I imagine it's a tough business. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's okay. So we were doing effects. We did Dark Man. We did all kinds of stuff like Adam's Family. We we built the house the, the wow. uh, uh, all kinds of stuff that cousin it. And so he had the successful business and I don't know how we started this mass company. It just seemed like a cool thing to do. And he was into it. So me and uh, a guy I worked with him, Lauren Githens, my wife worked there. Um, and we basically Tony was like, okay, you guys get the business going. And so we made these masks and uh, took an ad out in Fangoria and I mean, this is like the early days of, you know, when it was hard to make an ad for a magazine, it was like a full page uh -huh. ad. Uh, um, anyway, so we did these masks and they were, we made them <laughs> too big because we were, we were like overshooting the shrinkage issue. Uh -huh. So they were like really big, but then it was like, we started kind of 
using that as a selling point. Like they're larger than life. Larger than life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're bigger than, you know, you're saying that masks are a little bigger. They're probably a little bigger than that. But, um, that, so we did it for like three years and I know, I know at one point well, I've, I've got, um, some stores, things behind me, I don't know if you, um, on the floor full of a uh, Fangoria and Rue Morgue. So I'm, I'll have to thumb through some. Yeah. Oh, and me, I, me and, uh, we're in an issue of, Oh no, that wasn't Rue Morgue. That was Gore Zone. Uh, there was a, there's there was a Gore Zone where we, me and Tony are doing a dark man makeup demo in, in one of those, uh, but anyway, uh, so, you know, we did it for, I think, three years. And I want, you know, we did them too big at first. Then we did the next ones too small. <laughs> There's some that were like, there was one mask. That I wish I, I saved, uh, I, I had a copy of it, but it disintegrated. But it was so cool. It was like, uh, it was a, it was a really cool zombie. I sculpted it, but it was a little too small, but it still fit. Mm-hmm. So, so it really was like kind of a tight fitting mask. It was really nice, uh, really detailed. It was kind of like my version of, of the, uh, it was very easy horror, uh-huh. like, like had lids that were really heavy and it had lots of wrinkles and it was really cool. But, um, anyway, uh, yeah. And then I, I, like around year three, I think Tony pulled the plug for some reason, maybe it was just, it's funny because we were starting to do the horror, the, the wholesale conventions uh-huh. and right when we were starting to get a footing and starting to get big, like pretty good sales coming in because we were well known like three, three years in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then he, for whatever reason, pulled the plug on and it was just like, ah oh, man, right when we were just, yeah, just right over that. Top. And then another funny thing I have to mention is that, the guy I worked with, Lauren Githens, he sculpted. We had these ghost maker kits. We called them ghost makers, and they were vacuform ghost faces. And the idea was like, and it came with a little thing of paints. Mm-hmm. And you took a sheet and you cut a hole out and you glued this face in and you painted it and you made a ghost costume was the idea. And Fun World, which was a, a we we came out with those at a, at a at a convention a wholesalers convention or retailers or whatever. And, uh, fun world ripped us off the next world <laughs> next year, making the scream mask that ended up being in the screen movie. Oh, so wow. that, so the masks that's in the screen movie uh-huh. is a rip off of, of, of ours. I mean, I didn't do it. Lauren, Lauren sculpted this, but it's like total rip off. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and, and he never, and was there, you never, was, he he never, they never sued him. I was always like, you got to sue man. You could make, it was like a total ripoff completely. It's like, but they never sued him. So I don't know. It wasn't, it, I didn't own the business, so I couldn't really do anything. Isn't that crazy though? That is crazy. I recently threw out like, it's just a, a plant, like I said, a vacuum form ghost mask that had a little piece of white fabric on it, it was just very simple mm-hmm. ghost thing that I, I got at a shop you know it was cheap but I, a bunch of a probably, bunch of probably got it eight years ago and i was like just there's nothing like a pure white sheet classic ghost I know. nobody does that anymore because <laughs> when we were doing the halloween party it was a year-round thing we always had our eyes open for right a yeah costume idea or a prop idea or something and i just yeah, anytime i saw something that i might be able to use i'd pick up yeah yeah 
yeah that, that there was you know other it was the the black hooded one that was in the screen movies was a ripoff and then other companies did the same thing there was a bunch of apparently the halloween industry is notorious for ripping other companies off you know and they 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 could do them cheaper and that was that was part of what was hard about that that business was that everyone was everything was getting done in mexico and china and then they started doing stuff in china and we were like hiring kids to come and yeah. te teaching them how to paint and doing the whole facility was in our studio you know um and we we're trying to compete with these companies but uh, yeah we had some cool masks uh there's yeah there's a lot of i'll tell you one more mask story about all the ghost yeah. factory that's so funny is you know, we found immediately that the bloody gory masks outsold all the ones that we really wanted to do, which are like zombies and cool mo uh -huh. monsters and weird creatures. And we, it's anything that had blood in it was, um, was a huge, biggest seller. So we, we decided as a joke, we were going to make a mask that we sculpted with our feet. Oh, and and just pour blood and just and we called it, we called it meathead. So we like slammed a bunch right. of clay on it, sculpted it with our feet. It was that bad. It was just like a whole mound of clay. I think I've we put it a in vague recollection of the, the name meathead is there and the and we get too. We put it in production and we ca you cast the mask and you dump the blood paint. It was just blood. It was like red. And it was like a huge seller. <laughs> it was like one of the biggest sellers. It's like, that's the worst mask. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There was some cool ones though. Like, uh, there was, I did one that was like, you, it had a place for your hand to go. It was like the skin was ripped off. I was trying to at least be creative with the gory stuff. It's like, a, it was like a muscle face, all bloody. And down here was like, all the skin as if you had like went pulled it off. Yeah. And there was like holes for your fingers. So you'd hold it like uh -huh. that. It looks like you're pulling it down. And then we had these other ones that were like, a, like a demon head. And then there was a hole in the mouth, like like your head sticking out of the mouth. And then we sculpted like little fingers. There was little fingers. So, uh -oh. so it looked like, and then yeah. you would buy the hands, uh -huh. demon hands. So you were the demon with you inside of you going like that. <laughs> And we had like three different versions of that. It was fun. It was it was really fun. It was really fun. But I'll definitely look that up. Have yeah. You, have you looked at you know if there's a secondary market? Yeah, a lot of them are. There's there's one I did from the first series called Stitches, which is kind of like a rip off of the um, Texas Chainsaw Two mask, or it's like stitched pieces of skin uh -huh. together. That one's supposed to be really collectible and one call a zombie i did uh back then so there is a for the hardcore mass collectors there's a market i i should you know i could have i could have saved so much stuff and i just didn't because we didn't you know <laughs> so many yeah. movie props can't tell you how many movie props got thrown in the dumpster that i could have just grabbed it probably made a fortune on yeah that, that's the way it goes you we didn't know back then it was going to be all collectible, you know? Nah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a cool collection. I mean, I, I like your your pieces. Um, 
What what was your uh uh let's get a little bit into horror movies. What what was your what was uh was there like a big horror movie for you when you were a kid? Um well you know all the when I was really young all the universal <clears throat> classics. Mhm. Mm um <clears throat> but I guess probably the the one that pushed me over the edge was uh the original Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, me too. That was the so, big one for me. It was one of the rare times <clears throat> we were with my father. He was a like a semi pro, you know, base but he played like softball. He was like he was, you know, tall, handsome, athletic, you know, very a very flawed individual, but yeah. Uh but very um, you know, well known, you know, very a very popular guy. Mm. And somehow we had, were with him for the weekend. I got kind of pawned off on another guy on his team and his wife to like stay over their house. Mm -hmm. I, don't know, I, I don't know what the circumstances. That was the seventies, man. But Things are different back I then. Yeah, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really know these people. I knew he was a trusted friend. They yeah, yeah. Still though, stuff and like I'm that happened. I'm in these people's house <laughs> on their couch. Night of the Living Dead's on. The lights are out. They got cats and it's pitch black. I don't know where, again, I said, I don't know where the bathroom is. I'm like, and this movie's on. And I was like, and I must have been about, you know, young. Yeah. Maybe like eight. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah. I was like, what the, f you know, the girl came out with the, tr the trowel. Yeah. And, it, you know, I was horrified. Yeah. Yeah, so that place always that holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That would every time it would come on, I would watch it. You know, and I probably was watching that when I was five or six years old. I remember sitting in my underwear after getting my bath or whatever, <laughs> and like sitting there right in front of the TV on the ground, just like horrified. And I always thought that the, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Part was frivolous in the movie. Mm -hmm. you know? I was like, get, let's get to the real life. Right. <laughs> but, you so, know. But later on, I, I yeah. have a much greater appreciation. It's a, it's the first horror. time, I think it was the first time a, a a horror movie was referenced in a horror movie. Like, like, like. The, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I think, which is really kind of a big deal. It's not a big deal now at all. But, um, you know, uh, that kind of meta what do they call that? You know, inception kind of thing where you're, you know, talking about the thing that you are. Um, I, there was a bunch of stuff after that. I get, but then the, uh, dawn of the dead was pivotal. Me pivotal. too, man. Me too. That's that, so funny. We have, we, that was like the opening of that movie. Oh yeah. Right. Is, you know that, that when that guy's head gets blown, it kicks that, the door. That whole scene, head explodes. That yeah, that's my favorite works. part of the whole movie. Is the beginning. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, word, I can't think of a good word to describe it. It's as frantic. Yeah, you know? right. That's what got me into makeup effects. I always that, still say, say that, you know, shoot, shoot it in the head. Yeah. <laughs> shoot it in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's scary as hell. <laughs> But that's that's the movie that where I that got me like okay I want to do this for a living because the makeup effects were just like the, at the, the time. airport zombie yeah yeah 
I thought that was that, so. That, I think cool. it's how, how I love my I love my horror with a, a little humor in it. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. That's why Brain Dead, you know, or um, is it Dead Alive? Bra- uh, Dead Alive, the Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my you know, you know, favorite movie. Evil right. Dead Two. Yeah, Evil Dead Two is amazing. I really love a lot. Even Ar- Army of Darkness is is great. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't. That was one I didn't like. Dark was, Dark Man. Yeah. Dark yeah, yeah, true. Had just some lightheartedness to it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like Fright Night. Mm-hmm. True, true. Um Yeah, uh uh oh, what was I gonna say? Oh we the, the shop I was working at, Alterian Studios did the uh, some of the effects for Army of Darkness. I didn't work on it, but it was one of the one of the the shop would have like a bunch of different jobs going on at once. And, um, and I remember seeing it when it came out and being disappointed because it was too funny, like too wacky. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really like it now. It's like, I got, I, I, I didn't quite like it when I, when it came out and then watching it again is, uh, you know, probably not that long ago, five again, five, six years ago, who knows? Could be 10, could be 15. But, um, I, I I really like it now. It's funny. <laughs> I can appreciate it. I probably Dawn of the Dead was probably the movie I paid the I've seen the most times. I went to the theater to see the most times. You know, they'd always run that as a midnight movie. Same here, man. We used to go every week until Anytime the midnight I came movie. Around, I'd go, Take, here you go. They had it at Delamo Mall. It was like <laughs> this big mall, and I would always drag my best friend at the time to go and see it. You know, because I was remember uh, blood sucking freaks. Yeah, I never, I've still never seen Blood Sucking Freaks, but that was a big midnight movie, yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen it. Not, not terribly good. But... <laughs> I remember seeing pictures but, from it. Yeah, it was just gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about The Exorcist? Was that one that. No, I think that was, I don't know, just over my head. Mm, yeah, uh, it's super I serious, I man. Maybe I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not not much. I don't know. Maybe it was just a timing thing. Not fun enough. It's definitely not a fun movie. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um. What um? What was it? Phantasm. Yeah, was, Phantasm was great. Was a, you know, that was a, that made a lasting impression on me. Me too. It was very dreamlike. I always thought that just seemed like something of I would dream. It seemed like, like a fourteen-year-old boy would dream that movie. If you're a horror geek, <laughs> it's got that kind of dream and, uh, dream logic. <clears throat> I I just I saw a, not a number of, again. I, I lost. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but Baba Hotep done oh, by yeah. the who who's the guy who directed Phantasm. Uh, oh, Coscarelli. I haven't seen Coscarelli. that. Bubba Hotel. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's just just a great movie. Is it really? Incredible movie. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch it on your recommendation. Just, just great. Yeah, a lot of you know, just a beautiful, beautiful movie. Cool. What? Oh, okay. What about what about zombie? Did you ever like zombie? Did you ever? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't see that till 
kind of late back when you know video stores were first right. open. And um, yeah, I don't know. If I, I don't know if I could do with the was that dubbed right? Oh yeah, I totally. I don't know it's, if I it's could a get super. I don't. Very Italian. Don't <laughs> yeah, I don't know why why that one never resonated with me. Oh wow. I also we. Once we stopped having the, when we were having the Halloween parties, we could never really enjoy the season because we were always working right, right after the party, you know? Yeah. Once we stopped having them, the first year we went to a uh, horror hound convention out in Indiana mm. and they had a smaller mass convention within that. But anyway, one of the masks I almost bought was a mask of the, uh, the, the main zombie. From oh. That movie. Yeah, yeah. So, kind of like the two really kind of long crooked crooked you know and the and the worm, yeah, worms yeah. in the eyes <laughs> i just watched it like i think it was two days ago again and uh i i i i ended up really falling in love with that movie i, I love it i love it because i was like a dawn always a dawn of the dead guy that was it that was like uh -huh. kind of my favorite zombie movie and uh but you know i remember seeing like the ad for zombie in the drive-in theater when I was a little kid, 1980. So 12 years old or something, 13 or something. And it's just was like with that crappy drive-in rainy microphone <laughs> and the, the, the crappy print of the movie and the music, that theme song, it was, just was like, so was that the movie that creepy. Goblin did the, uh goblin no shit. no 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 it was uh fabio fritzy is this guy that did the oh, music okay. yeah and it, but uh really cool weird it's similar synth weird creepy synth music um what was the movie that um george romero got the music you know the the goblin music that was dawn of the dead but that was from a it was from a an italian i think zombie movie they used i thought they used a really? lot of that goblin stuff on another movie and then oh right yeah they did yeah because uh, oh I yeah yeah i think it might be. i remember when i was in high school going around how do i i was i'm looking around for a uh dawn of the dead soundtrack i finally found one yeah Fangoria. Uh, yeah it was really was hard like, to find really hard to find i wanted that the role-playing game because oh, yeah. there was a dawn of the dead role-playing game because i was into dungeons and dragons a little bit and mm -hmm. so we there was a store that had dungeon and dragon stuff in the mall and there was a dawn of the dead game and i could never afford it it was a, like a you had a map of a of like the mall <laughs> it was like a D, D, but with zombies and dawn of the dead and it's like now i think it's worth a fortune you could buy it on ebay but used but oh cool they're really super rare but man i always wanted that you should get it treat yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's probably I, don't, I haven't looked in a while we'll see how expensive it is i should get it i should get it um yeah wow yeah that, that we've got a, a lot of similar tastes in horror movies because those are pivotal movies night of the living dead and dawn of the dead for me um yeah um that's one of the uh, yeah i saw that mask you got the airport zombie yeah yeah death studios did an airport zombie and actually i think it's Tom Savini had something to do with it. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But used to see Tom Savini at a lot of the shows. Yeah. Go to.
Yeah, I never got to really got to know him. I met him once, but I was, you know, trying to get a job showing him my portfolio. I was like 17 or something. Um, yeah, I would go, I'd, you know, once I decided I was going to do makeup effects for a living, I like started making a portfolio in high school. And then when I got out of high school, I would go and show my portfolio. It was terrible, painful. I was so shy. I was, didn't want to do it. <laughs> I ended up getting my first job because I drove this other guy around to different shops to show his portfolio and he, cause he didn't have a car. He was from out of state. And, wow. um, and I was so shy. I didn't even show my portfolio to any of these guys. And one guy asked me, Tony Gardner's like, can I, let me see, do you do this stuff too? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, let me see your book. And I showed him my portfolio and then he hired me. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Some friend. <laughs> Hey well, man, well, well played. <laughs> it was an, I, I was I, I was didn't try to do it at all. I was too chicken. Yeah, that, things like that happen. That's you know, that's great unsolicited. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just funny though because it's like it was just because I was being too much of a chicken shit to show my to even say hey I got a book too. Um, must been meant to be. So Death Studio, he's been around for, you know, he was around for a long time before I started buying from him. Oh, yeah. And again, it's another, just another great thing. How many, you know, um, the guys, like, and if I want to order a mask, I can call up and talk to the guy. I've been yeah, that's the way. To, yeah, that's the way to do it. Is the, uh... and he finally got on Facebook a couple of years ago. His sister runs the Facebook group. And, oh, you know, cool. Yeah, they must have a ton of masks over the years. Yeah, he takes he rotates stuff in and out of production, but I I imagine it's a, a lot of hard work. Oh yeah, you know, casting you know so forget about it. it Something is. I thought about getting into, but uh, I don't know. You know, I know bad things happen. Sculpts, uh, you know, sculpts fall over, molds break. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be heartbreaking when that stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. That was like a a, a joke, a running joke. We, you would do it in a. I, they did it at Rick's when I worked at Rick Baker's shop. They would mold. You know, you would you'd be a you'd sculpt a head for for something, and then you'd take it to the mold department, and then they would make a mold on it. And sometimes they would make the mold, and it would pop off and not damage the sculpture. Usually, the sculpture gets destroyed on yeah, the molding yeah. process, but sometimes they would. Um, have a clean sculpture and so the joke was you'd you'd pretend the mold guy would pretend like he hadn't molded it yet and he'd be you know pushing it on a, a cart or something by the sculptor oh. and then knock it off <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> or like put it behind a door and then like come out and open the door just smash the thing for the door <laughs> oh man those were the days uh, I, 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 I wanted to ask you a little bit too, before we're getting yeah. near at the, at the end here, I'm keeping you kind of a long time, but, um, uh, you, uh, uh, did you play in bands? Cause I mean, you're such a great, I mean, you're really a, a really good bass player and, oh. uh, uh, you must've pl played in, in, a, in a lot of bands, like serious bands, I imagine. Right. No, thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for the compliment. Yeah, it's amazing. I always, you know, I'm. Took a couple lessons, but you know, never learned how to read. Uh, my mind doesn't work like that. So I learned by playing to records, mm -hmm. and you know, 
and that's what I started out doing. And I, I thought, well, if I want to sound like this guy, I got to, you know, and I got to play what he's playing and try and try and do what he's doing. So I always had a treated the songs with great reverence and had an ear for detail. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I listened through what was going on in the play out, you know, during the early right. uh, out, you know, what, what's he doing here? But yeah, I played in cover bands and then original bands and then back to cover bands mm-hmm. you know, to make some money. And uh, yes, I, I did a lot of stuff, nothing, you know, you know, play, did a couple things that were, were cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so from, you know, ninth grade till uh, I stopped playing just shortly before I started the channel. And that was 2010. So, so you're kind of playing in band, different bands up until. Oh, the- yeah. Oh, wow. That's a long yeah. time. Well, that's why you're yeah, so it good. Is, but you, you know, <laughs> that's that's what happens when you play a long time. You get really good. Yeah, you know, I really think I I got as good as I was ever going to get by the time I was 26. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I I mean, I was full. I was just a real snob musically. It was Rush (laughs) and then progressive stuff, hard stuff. Right. And, you know, that's all I did. It wasn't during, you know, summertime and, you know, when we had off from school, you know, it it wasn't unusual for me to play, you know, six hours a day. Okay, yeah. You know, so you got that obsessive, week. obsessive yeah. nature. Yeah, just sitting there with it, and back that was back with a record player, you know, you know, <laughs> you know. Yep, I remember trying to play, you know, learn songs and play along with them. Um, so anything that's come after that, which is quite a few years, is just refinement, you know. Yeah. Sometimes playing what not what you don't play. Just learning a little bit of, um, I don't know, restraint. Right. And yeah. Kind that's of focusing more on the quality of your note than the number of notes you can. Yeah, play. that's a that's a mature maturity thing. When you yeah. get, when you get older, you realize uh, it's not about just jamming all the time. That's like my 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 uh, my son is a drummer, and mm-hmm. he's um, he's touring for the English Beat. He, he's like a tour. Oh, I think I saw. Yeah, when you. Um, clip you put up a, yeah. a, a few months ago yeah how cool is that it's amazing yeah that's i'm so proud of him it's amazing but i uh that's that's how i you know i really noticed that's how i know he's a great drummer is because he can because he started in punk bands when he was like 12 i remember hearing wow. them practice in the garage and stuff and he was really fast mm-hmm. he would go crazy he would play so fast at shows that he had a, had to have a trash can next to him because he would throw up in between songs. Really? Yeah, because he'd be like so out of breath, which is kind of hilarious. But um, he put pl- now he he plays. Uh, he's all really into like you know reggae and the '60s traditional ska music, Jamaican ska, like tradi- old old stuff. Total flip side. To yeah, space and open totally and feel. You know, yeah. and, and he's and he's very he doesn't like just shred all over the place. He's very he's restrained and he's all about keeping the groove and the beat. And it's like you don't realize, I don't think, the importance of 
restraint and feel and groove until you kind of become a more mature musician. Mm-hmm. I think when you start out, it's all about speed or, or whatever, or being really showy or, you know what I mean? Yep. The, yep. Definitely. Playing as, as, you know, as fast as you possibly can is as hard as you can. Yeah. But yeah, kind of what, when I started, uh, I you did some original stuff and that was, that was cool, but it was hard anytime, you know, you don't want to throw stereotypes around, but there are a lot of um, unreliable people who get into music right. <laughs> and they get into it for the wrong reason, you know? And then you're relying on them. That's the you're thing about, that's why it's so hard it. to be you, in a band. You put, you put all this time and effort into something and then, and then yeah, one guy can screw the whole drummer, thing. <laughs> you know, and you, then you go, like, oh, we got to start over again. Mm-hmm. So then after a while, I got to a point, well, if I'm going to keep playing, I'm going to make some money. So you start, I started doing it for, you know, doing cover bands, playing bars, and mm-hmm. then you're out late. And it just became a job, you know? Right. I, but yeah, I just didn't didn't love it anymore. Yeah. And that's when I, when I sat down to, you know, just put a few songs together. That's what I, here, what I, I didn't say before is, I loved being playing music and being in bands. I loved learning the songs, practicing them, polishing them with the group and getting them to sound as close to the way the stuff was recorded as we could. Mm. I loved everything up to the point of performing. <laughs> I ne- never wanted to step on a stage or, you know, right. have anyone looking at me. You know, I'd always wear, I was a man in black. I just dress in black and stand off in a dark corner somewhere <laughs> you know and guys would be like you know come on put your foot up on the monitor yeah. and, you know never you know never never gonna happen and it never did you know? yeah so it's like the bass player uh, of uh queen uh yeah i i've been a i'd have been a perfect like pit musician right, for a, yeah, yeah. Way, so under the stage <laughs> you know i think his name is brian deacon uh the bass player john deacon yeah he's he's he was like he didn't like performing that's why he gave it up he just was not into it not for me but and why do all the other stuff unless you're gonna do that so i did it and i did it for many years right i got through it but now if youtube was around when i was young i never would have left the house right (laughs) (laughs) yeah you would have never gotten that uh so now it's you know i used to do my halloween projects and when i sit down and work on a song it's the same thing it takes me out of my head mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a good place to be <laughs> and, you know i can just sit down and it just feels good it feels right it's where i'm supposed to be mm-hmm. i can spend hours doing it yeah you know it's like i'm sure when you get started on a painting when i used to do my halloween projects mm-hmm. i go out in the garage at eight o'clock in the morning and you know Two o'clock, my wife's like, you're going to eat lunch? Yeah, yeah. Well, what time is it? You know, yeah. two o'clock. Same thing, I can sit down and play a song. I, if there's three people online in front of me at the store, I'm like, I, I ain't got time for this. I'll leave my stuff, leave my basket somewhere. Yeah. But I can sit and play the same song 30 times right. in a row. Because you you're interested in it. Because I'm interested. You know, I just love it. Yeah. So. That's so cool. Well, it shows in your playing. It's like, you know, I was when I first started watching, I'm like, this guy is like as good as Getty Lee. <laughs> you know, it's like, seriously, when you could play the, the, you know, 
the, the difference. Well, um, what he, he wrote the stuff. He wrote he, the stuff, which is a, which is a different and, skill, though. But like, as far as playing, you know, you're playing as good as he plays them. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I. That's very nice of you to say, but I I I look at myself as more of a a decent a, a good mimic. Mm, yeah, but as, as opposed to a good mus- musician. I don't know. You know I, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're being humble. Oh. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the, the YouTube channel has been, uh, you know, just a, you know, I've been around for a long time. Now. I know. And they took away your kind of thumbs up, thumbs down rating. But when I was looking through some stuff today to see, you know, the, all my all my videos are in the, like nothing's below like 98% positive. Oh, yeah. Rating, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And in 13 years doing it, I can count on two hands. Seriously, the number of negative comments. Oh wow, that's amazing! That's amazing, especially it on YouTube. Amazing. In this day and age, <laughs> right, where there's so much, you know, you know, yeah, so much find something to hate about everything. But you know, the and I'm still, you know, take the time to respond to every comment oh, personally. Wow. I take that, you know, if someone's going to take the time to say something nice. I'm going to take the time to. That's so cool. Well, it, I I feel um, something I have to do, you know. Right. Sometimes, if I let it go for a week or something, then that means I've got a couple hours in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I do a little each day or or on the weekend, but uh, yeah, it's been a very uh, rewarding experience, do you know, doing this again? Thirty, I've got. Fifty-four thousand subscribers. Yeah, it's amazing. And sixteen million views. That's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> if there were fifty-four thousand paying subscribers, you know. We, right. <laughs> hey, you can start a Patreon. I'd be talking, I'd be talking from a more comfortable chair. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I I I started my YouTube channel I think around that time, and I just didn't use it. It's like I wish I would have been it's like a so stupid i only just started a few years ago or a couple years ago trying to get my 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 painting youtube channel mm-hmm. going and it's just like oh so dumb i didn't do that when i i could have been early i would you know i'd probably have a bunch of followers by now but um i'm my i'm, I'm trying to get the i started the dark art society youtube channel for this podcast and that's going pretty well i just got to the point where i could get monetized and 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 uh after a year so and i have all i have all this content because i've been doing the podcast for like five years without video though um i just started doing video like a year ago i'm sure i'm subscribed i know i'm subscribed but my you know my attention span is so short and (laughs) you know you know i go on you know i I'm sure I, I miss it in my, I miss a lot of stuff in my subscription. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You never, you never get the so stuff quick. you're subscribed to. On no. YouTube. Uh, yeah. Well, what's the, I mean, what's the easiest way for people to find your YouTube channel? I'll, I'll put, I'll link it in the description below, but. Uh, oh, you don't have, well, that's one thing, but the 54,000 subscribers, what I'm most proud of is that that's 54,000 organic subscribers. I know. I've never, tried, I've never told anyone subscribe to me or it's amazing I'm, yeah I'm, you know i don't pin my I don't, you know uh i don't know 
No, it's amazing. It's 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 a it's it's impressive. So yeah, TJH thirty one thirteen. Okay. If you just type that in anywhere, it, I come up. And the I don't know the origin of that. If, yeah, yeah. Is because I'm so clever. I was gonna put my it's my initials Troy James Hughes. I was gonna do twenty one twelve. You know. Because <laughs> I'm because you know, nobody has ever thought of doing that. But. <laughs> Every any combination I came up with twenty one twelve was taken. Right, uh, Troy twenty one twelve. You know everything was gone. So I said, let me do move. I have to do the math. Whatever hundreds, whatever years in the future. And thirty one thirteen is kind of my nod to Halloween. And you know, oh, okay, there you go. The monsters. You know, 30, that's a, that's actually better. Thirteen. That's actually better. I think than so the, it kind yeah. of um, kind of blended the the music thing and my horror thing. That's perfect. I just think it's so cool that the whole thing was organic. The way you started it, the way you had that backdrop just happened to, and, and, and you got this organic following. I mean, you can't plan these so, kinds of things, you know? No. This and I never like, thought it'd be again, 13 years later using the same, you know, same doing things the same exact way. And, um, no, I just totally lost. Go ahead. I just no, no. <laughs> I just like I was just thinking. You know, everyone's. You know, people now are like are always trying to figure out some kind of scheme. You know, we're used to trying to chase this algorithm and trying to find a yeah. plan. How can I do this? How can I make this work? And something like your channel just that comes about totally organically. It's really kind of like a magical thing that happens. It's like you can't plan something like that. It's in, it's like an inspired thing that just it's comes well, up yeah, naturally. It's a slow, slow growing, you know. Yeah, stick to it. Just but, keep do keep doing. I haven't changed really a thing. I started talking more. Yeah. Videos because after a few years, I started writing more lengthy introductions mm -hmm. to my videos, and they got you know, some of them are like you know you know huge you know i well, i would max out they only allow you five thousand characters <laughs> and i'd max out and then i'd go to upload a video and i'd be like oh geez do i really want to spend an hour writing something so right. said, let me talk a little even though i hate talking i know that's you know, i'm I gonna listen to it, you know, put a bullet in my head because you know, who likes hearing themselves talk yeah yeah um, but i said well let me talk, start talking a little bit people seem you know like i don't know yeah it's great it's great i've listened to all the talking ones i never listen to this podcast because i can't i don't <laughs> like just because i i've experienced it already i talked to the person and i don't like hearing the sound of my own voice so i just don't, it, yeah. i don't listen unless like, unless i have to edit that's why i don't like I editing leaving, uh, i stopped leaving voicemails years ago <laughs> for that reason the guy plays it back right but i know we're probably overboard but I don't know. It doesn't matter. But another thing uh, with my channel mm -hmm. is the number of close encounters I've had. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you if uh, if you think any of the any of the band members of Rush have have seen your. Oh, I'm sure they Rush, have. Rush I, probably not. Yeah, I bet um, you they have. I bet you they have. I know a couple of my videos are embedded on their official website. Really? So if you go to their if you go to their official website, this happened a long time ago. So so they have seen on their it. official website, if you go album by album, 
they have like a drum cover or a guitar. Oh, cover. cool. So I'm on a couple of those, but I'm sure, you know, Getty Lee wasn't there. You know, I know, but I, they, I bet you they've seen it. I bet you they've seen it. I bet you Getty's oh. seen your stuff. But there's been a, you know, the, the bass player from Kansas, Dave Hope, who's on my short list of favorite bass Oh, players, really? He actually sent me a note saying that he actually used my videos to relearn the songs that he hadn't touched in like, you know, 20 years. That's amazing. He together with the band for a, uh, a one-off benefit show. And he said he couldn't, he didn't know what, remember what key they were in. So he said he, you know, used my videos to relearn a couple. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Bruce Thomas from uh, Elvis Costello and the Attractions. Wow. I've been kind of chummy with him for years. How cool, man. He's just, you know, such a nice guy and just so gracious. And he's been very kind to me. And it's just neat rubbing virtual elbows with, some of these yeah. people I've to. Yeah, that's amazing. Rick Anderson was one of my favorite players, too. What's, my top five players, Getty Lee, um, John Glasscock from Jethro Tull. He mm -hmm. was only with him for a couple albums. Um, Dave Hope from Kansas. Uh, Rick Anderson from The Tubes. Oh, no way. Yeah, I remember The Tubes. And, um, <laughs> Dan, Dan, actually, Dan Roberts from Crash Test Dummies. I just really love that. I, anyway, I got to meet Rick Anderson. This is just a year, year or two ago. And he knew me. He said, you know, is your name Toby or Tony? Do you have a lot of masks for you behind you? <laughs> That's so I was cool. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> He's like, Man, nobody plays more tubes covers than you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we were talking for a while. That's so cool. And uh, unfortunately, he just passed away recently. Oh, no. But I finally got to see him, you know, saw him twice. And they, they were great. He's a nice guy, good bass player. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you deserve the recognition. I, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I learned. I got to add another, because I started writing a list down. I said, I got to keep track of this. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, that's how I, I learned, um, the spirit of radio, uh, intro from your video that's how i started i think watching your channels when i got that bass and i was trying i could not figure out i just like couldn't figure it out <laughs> and that's i finally yes. that's, that's i finally learned how to play it from watching your video because i thought that's i would still one of those things it's only 50 50 with me you know, <laughs> i got a 50 50 shot of getting it right yeah. when i figured that out i was like showing my son i'm like look and i could barely play it and he's just like you know not impressed yeah. <laughs> i was Great impressed job. i was Great impressed <laughs> but that's one of the things i may start doing more of is uh i did a project with a, a fella tim fletcher and we uh transcribed all the all the bass lines to uh the leftover album by kansas oh did cool it. so he you know did all the tabs and sheet music and i did a video for each did the entire album took over a year or so wow so we might start doing more of those like one-offs like rush you know rush stuff that's kind cool. of less, less in and accurate transcriptions that'd be amazing yeah i'd be totally interested in that just for, you know, fun. A lot of people seem to, um, you know, get use the videos as learning tools and stuff. Yeah. 
was a unintended consequence. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying with the you know this inspired thing you came up with. Just it fell together in a way that you just can't plan these things. You know, you yeah. you you hope to get as many of those in life as possible, and you're lucky if you ever get one of something that just happens in that way. It's like a gift, you know. Totally agree. Super cool. Well, I don't. I won't keep you any longer. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. It was super fun, man. It's, it's totally fun. I'm, I'm flattered and, uh, you know, very humbled that uh, you you invited me on. Oh, I love your cha- I love your channel. I'm, you're a cool dude, and I, I love all your <laughs> your collection. And I'm gonna tell my wife you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I thought it was really interesting that we had that so much in common. We really got yeah. a lot in common with the the movies and the kind of the era we grew up in and the circumstances and it's interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, thanks. Don't hang up. Don't hang up yet. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we the last thing we have to do is just say goodbye to the audience. So just say in your own way, just say goodbye, goodbye, audience. Thanks for listening. So go ahead. All right. Jeez, I hate talking. Just say goodbye. That's all you have to say. (laughs) I can't. I'm trying to think of something uh, witty to say. Hey, thanks so much for your time and patience. I I appreciate your uh, listening.